Hi, I'm Pastor Wa, pastor passionate about people and African cities. I dream about African cities and the typical 25 to 45 year old. In the last 20 years, I've been involved in church planting, ministry, loving people, caring for people across different African cities. The stories of their lives, their walk of faith, the transitions they've made, their families, their joys, their pain, the celebrations, and everything in between have become the substance of the fabric of my life, my ministry, my teaching. A couple of years ago, I began to experience some quite interesting conversations with the people that I have loved and pastored. It was changes that were happening in their lives. And as a result of these changes, they were experiencing a dissonance, a real dissonance between what they believed or what they had believed and the outcomes in their lives. As they grow older, Older in their faith as they mature, and many of them began to experience real pain, the death of a loved one, the end of a marriage, children, the loss of parents, careers that would take changes and businesses that sometimes would fail. And interestingly, some of them, incredible success, climbing up a corporate ladder, having children, getting married, and experiencing fulfillment in their lives. One of the most interesting things that stood out for me, that has continued to stand out for me as I led and had conversations with these people, is that they would get to a place where what they were feeling on the inside, what they were interacting with um, in their lives, and the beliefs that they had um, did not match up. To some of them, this was a point to go on a spiritual sojourn, to read more, to travel, to try a different church, to um, maybe try a different spiritual experience. For others, it's to grow deeper in their faith. And yet to some, and an interestingly growing number was to step back from the faith, to begin to reevaluate their faith. Because this real dissonance that happened to them caused confusion. It caused um, almost a sense of being lost. Someone would say, I believe that marriage was meant to last for a lifetime. But here they are yelling with their, against their spouse at their spouse at 2 a.m. in the morning for, for the third or fourth or seventh month. Um, there seems to be no help. They cannot agree. It seems their lives are drifting apart. And them just coming to an awareness, a realization that a marriage is, looks like it's over. There's nothing to salvage. Losing the fight to salvage their marriage. God hates divorce. So how do you deal with that? How, how do you grapple with that? Uh, I had a friend of mine walk up to me and said, you know, she said to him, I'm going to divorce you and I'll take your children and you'll never see them again. She was angry, of course, but he had prayed. He had done everything he knew to do. Any good husband would know to do to save his marriage and his family. And it fell apart. Someone else lost a very, very close friend, a very dear friend. They had prayed. They had fasted. They had believed God. They had quoted scriptures. And yet this friend died um, in a most sad and um, difficult way. A successful um, young man who traveled and left the country and uh, pursued their dreams, was serving at church, uh, ended up in the West, a Western country, and just began, became very successful with education. And the more they engaged with education, the more they uh, began to realize that the faith they held so dearly and so neatly was not relevant in the new world, an atheistic world, a world that does not embrace his strong Christian convictions, strong Christian values, and oftentimes would find himself alienated, um, alone in as someone who believes in, in God and in conservative Christian values uh, in a world that was completely open, and as a result, had to begin to question what he really believed in the face of overwhelming evidence that it's possible that what he has believed was not true or was insufficient 
in answering questions around science and evolution. These are the lives of the people that I have loved and pastored for the last 20 years. I have sat with them, have watched them, I have cared for them, I've prayed with them, I've wept with them, I've laughed with them, married them, dedicated their children, buried some of them and their parents, um, been part of their families. And this has been the heartbeat of my ministry, the things I've done. I always sought out to be a pastor that loves people for who they are, and not just from the pulpit, but also face to face. I have sat on the end of a counseling table with them, I've sat in their living room, chairs and I've listened and I've listened beyond the Sunday message. I've listened beyond the times that you hug as they walk into church and say, I'm fine. I've listened to their struggles. I've listened to their pain. And a lot of times I, as a good pastor, a good pastor should, I had answers. I had uh, verses and I had at least a solution because what's a pastor supposed to do? Supposed to shepherd and care for the people. A lot of times my my answers were, there's something you can do, um, and I would probably point them to towards that. Join a class. I encouraged many of people in crisis to serve. Uh, definitely, when we do something for others, it certainly goes a long way in helping us deal with the difficulty of our moments. I would encourage others to take a marriage retreat. I would encourage others to take a spiritual retreat, and others to step up and be disciplined or take on a new challenge, or whatever it is at the time that I feel would be helpful to them. And something interesting happened. Every so often, some, in, in the recent past, a significant number will come back. And that sense of disillusionment, that sense of frustration, that sense of loss, that sense of, I am stuck, I do not know where I am at, would still linger. They would still not be satisfied, even after doing those things. And because I wanted to be faithful to serve and to care for those for those people, I began to slow down in my recommendations of what to do. And I began to listen, to pay attention, to really listen. One of the gifts of life that we have is two years and one mouth. Someone said uh, we should listen twice as much as we speak. And in those moments, it was necessary for me to listen more than I would speak and offer help. So I listened. I began to realize that I did not have all the answers. It was a difficult realization to wake up to. But I, the leader, the, the pastor, the caregiver, the one supposed to shepherd these people, didn't have all the answers. It was a humbling experience because I'd done this for many years, yet it caused an awakening in my soul. There could be something that's going on that I probably do not know. Could be answers that I needed that I do not have. And the best way to get to that is to, to begin to ask questions. And so I began to get on a quest to ask questions about what I was teaching, what I was preaching, the values I held, the beliefs that I held, the very things that I stood on a every weekend and proclaimed boldly, strongly, that I taught with passion and conviction, that I poured my soul every weekend as I looked into the eyes of the people that I loved and cared for and I felt compelled to lead. I began to ask myself questions about those same things. And of course, as you would imagine, this is, um, this is an extremely uncomfortable process. It's a, it's a very sobering realization, but it's also one that throws you into a loop because if you're questioning what you believe then what authority do you have to teach those things as one that believes them i mean if you're not quite sure god answers all prayers what authority do you have to tell people 
to bank on God answering their prayer. If you're not quite sure that all marriages were meant to work, what authority do you have to look at someone and say, God hates divorce and you have to make it work? It was extremely difficult. And so I, in the course of my journey, I began to realize something was happening to me. I was evolving in my convictions. I was evolving in my approach to my convictions. And that's very important, especially how I was evolving in my approach. I was being more gentle. Um, I realized I was being more deliberate in hearing people out and not necessarily offering solutions or an answer. I was I was more keen on learning and unlearning what uh, my assumptions had been that I knew the truth and that that truth was ultimately the same for the people that would come to me and I, I would care for. Now, many years before this, I always had a dream to speak to my continent, Africa. I love Africa. I love the people of Africa. I believe that for this time of my life, I have a voice. I believe that I would get a platform and a voice to speak the issues that matter and to bring conviction and certainly values that will bring change and better the lives of the people of Africa. I really did not know when this would happen until now. After this many years and many months of walking, living in this continent, serving, working with people, I believe this is time. And so in the last couple of months, I uh, left my position as a lead pastor in one of the churches. And I got on a journey to grow, learn, discover, but also to begin to speak to my continent. I am writing books. I am creating material based on my experiences, based on the things that I've learned, but also create this podcast that delves into the lives of the people that I love, urban, young, and growing Africans who really are experiencing crisis, this crisis that I've talked about, crisis of faith. Ultimately, that's what I identified it as. It's a crisis of faith because when the things you believe and the things you've held on to as your convictions no longer sit comfortably with you, then obviously it's an invitation to a journey. It's an invitation for you to go somewhere or to discover some things or to be awakened to something that you did not know before. For some people, it might mean a loss of faith. For some people, it might mean uh, a change in what they believe they've held on to for so long. For some people, uh, it could mean plugging in deeper into a church community. Uh, for others, it's to leave the church community they've lived in. Now, these are not easy matters. These are not easier conversations. These are certainly very difficult, difficult things. But yet it's necessary for us to engage and have conversations around them. It's very necessary for me it was very necessary for me to embrace this season and to begin to ask those questions that were being asked that I had no answers for. It was very important for me that I look back and I say, okay, I don't, I don't know why um, faith, things, matters of faith go the way they go. I thought I knew, but all of a sudden, I'm not quite sure. So I'm going to begin to walk into a journey of having these conversations. And so in the course of this, I met, I began to meet uh, some friends of mine who had gone through the same. They had evolved in their faith. Some of them had left the faith. Others had uh, were in the process of trying to figure out, should I leave Christian faith or not? Um, for others is, should I change my values while I'm in the Christian faith? Uh, should I change my beliefs about certain, certain issues? This has become the substance of my heart now and my ministry. The desire to have conversations and to begin to help people who are in this place to begin to figure out what's happened.
them. They are evolving into someone new, into something new spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and sometimes physically even. What does that look like? What will that look like? There are some issues that probably will come up to them and they realize, you know, I probably need to rethink my position. Issues like divorce, issues like gay marriage or just being gay, issues like prayer. When does it work? When does it does it always work? What do you do when it doesn't work? Living as a Christian in uh, 80%, they say, 80% Christian country that's just riddled with corruption and where it's very difficult to do business as an ethical person. And sometimes where being an ethical person might mean you losing everything that you know. How do you navigate that? When is How do you even do business in such an environment? What what are the limits of living your life as a person of faith? How do you build a family? How do we engage with our children? What do we do with science? What do we do with evolution? How does that affect our faith? How do we grapple with the concepts of sin and the brokenness of man? How do we believe the things we've believed as Africans? How true are they when there's probably some of them that have been used in teachings of scripture, have been used to take advantage of Africans? These are not easier matters to deal with, as I've said, and they certainly were not for me. Grappled many, many nights and many days thinking through them. But these were the things I was hearing from the people that I, I led and I strive to do a good job of leading and pastoring. And so I came to a conclusion through this process that we all do not remain the same as we live our life journey. We certainly hit certain moments in life where we change, where we begin to evolve, where our the weight on which we put on our convictions begins to shift. The way we approach and embrace the issues that face us begins to change. Challenge or the difficulty or the dilemma of us when we begin to change or people of faith when we begin to change is many of them feel lost. I cannot tell you the many times that people have come to me, many times, and said, Pastor, I feel lost. I love my faith community. I love the church. It really is not the church. I just don't feel like I fit anymore. I feel like my experiences and what I am, where I'm feeling spiritually, I feel like I'm a misfit. And I don't know what to do. And I, I've tried everything. I say, have you tried prayer? I say, I've tried to pray more. I've tried to fast more. I've tried to talk to as many people as I can. But it's just, I, I feel lost. I feel disconnected. Uh, I feel like I don't believe the same things I believed anymore. Or I, at least I have difficulty believing those things. And ultimately, many of them, as a result of that, feel alienated and the loss of community, which is a, one of the most difficult things that could ever happen. When someone is going through an evolution, is because I'm not quite sure I believe the same things I I used to believe, but I need to belong somewhere. I need my group. I need my company. I need my tribe, the people that I've known for a long time. And because you cannot belong, and most people end up alienated and kind of obvious from that point what happens with the loneliness and and so my goal and my desire is to begin a platform that helps people begin to deal with this and talk about this how to create a community of people who are evolving there's two things that will be very clear in this podcast the first one is we'll talk about stories of evolution spiritual evolution how they happen these are people's stories of how they how their own evolution happened um, how they grew up what they began to interact with the faith and what what changes began to happen as a result of their evolution. So you'll hear a lot of stories of people's evolution in the faith. Those will be very, very, very intriguing to, to listen to. The second thing that will come across in this podcast will be issues that people are evolving on, family and marriage, the gay question, politics and the governance of, of, our, of our continent and our country, women, and what, what does it mean being a woman as a person of faith? 
How does this play out in and the different roles in leadership and so on and so forth? We'll talk about real pain. We'll talk about how to resolve it. We'll talk about the dilemmas of life. But we'll also talk about the outcomes of a spiritual evolution. The goal is to come out, obviously, better, stronger uh, as a person of convictions, uh, but also free to live, to love, to know God, whoever he may be to you, to also find people who are evolving as well, who are not ashamed to share their journey and their stories. You'll be provoked to think, process. You will be moved. And that's the goal of the podcast. Just because of that, it obviously will be, there will be issues and topics that we'll talk about that will be difficult and potentially offensive. We, I do not seek to start this podcast to offend. That is far from me, from any of my goals and or the desires that I have for this podcast. We'll try and put a rating on it. So our recommendation is probably adult. We will definitely have adult themes uh, going through the uh, podcast. I will have some co-hosts with me. I will introduce them in the course of the show and uh, you it will be a great great delight to hear from them as well to, as they tell their stories the reason we call it evolve is because it really is about conversations honest very honest conversations about faith and life and change finally thank you for subscribing there'll be options for you to subscribe to the podcast to be part of the community my goal is to build a community an online community of people who are evolving or at least interested in conversations on on spiritual evolution once again thank you for listening and being part of this podcast uh, i hope in the subsequent episodes you will get to learn you'll get to be engaged you'll get to be provoked you will get to think through and probably this will happen you will be pulled out of your comfort zone I love a quote by Khalil Gibran who says, Surely the love of comfort matters the soul, then walks grinning at its funeral. I hope when we're pulled out of our comfort zone, we would seek to grow, we would seek to be changed, and in doing that, bring others along on a journey of transformation and newness and life. Mm-hmm.